Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so I was putting Finn down and it was just me, right? And Wes is kind of minding his own business in the living room. I could hear him and I could hear that he was just, you know, like going in and out of the back door. Oh. And, uh, and so I come out and Wes looks at me and he is so pleased with himself and he goes mommy i just went pee and i was like oh bud that's great that's awesome and he was like yeah yeah i went outside and i was like <laughs> huh what uh, okay what uh why did you do that buddy why didn't you go in the potty and he and it turns out his potty was i i had like rinsed it out and set it up to dry and so he couldn't oh, reach it wow. and so he just decided to go outside and on the one hand, I'm kind of like, ew, mm-hmm, uh, you're mm-hmm. not supposed to go potty outside. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, I was like, great problem solving, buddy. You yeah. know, I, I, it is better than going pee pee on the floor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or pee pee in the pants. Right. I mean, I I kind of feel like it's my fault for um, maybe sort of having him go pee pee outside like on other occasions. Well, we also we also have that one book that's uh, like the book called Potty, yeah. where where it's like, what does Kitty do? Mm-hmm. She goes in her box. What, what does, does Doggy, doggy do? do? He mm-hmm. goes outside, you know. And I always I always like talk to Wes about that, and I'm like, do we go in boxes? And he goes, no. <laughs> and then I go, do we go outside? And he goes, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's the question. You know, when you got to go, you got to go. And when you can't find, like, we go hiking sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you can't find a... Just pee on a tree? Toilet, yeah. We've done that. Or, you know, pee uh, pee on the... Like, sometimes we've done it, like, right before we get into the car. And we're just like, okay, all right, pee on this sidewalk tree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's very much... Okay, so... At the time that this happened, I was actually more proud of him than I was. Aww. Like, uh, you know, you, you peed outside. Yeah, weirded we out that outside. he had peed outside. Yeah. I was like, I mean, he seemed pretty pleased with himself. Yeah, like you did it all by yourself. He like he like pulled down his pants and everything. It wow. was it was a big deal, you know. And he and he was really really pleased with himself. He was like, I did this. And, and he, and he like walked me through it. You know, he was like, <laughs> he was like, my potty was not available. Therefore, I made the decision to go outside. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I think maybe that is a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, we'll talk about going inside versus outside later. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cause, like he could have gone in the regular potty. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It, life's a journey. You got to take baby steps. <laughs> Welcome to Baby Steps, the weekly parenting comedy podcast. 
I'm Ned. And I'm Ariel. Oh, we're parents of a three-year-old and a six-month-old. It's all happening. It's chaos central at home. Always in a pickle. Always in a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> we've been watching a TV show where we've you could describe the plots as they're in a pickle now. <laughs> sort of a procedural where it's, every time something chaotic It's designated happens. survivor. It's yeah. like, we thought it was this cool new show. And then I told my dad that I was watching it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I watched that. I watched all the seasons a long time ago. That adds to how life feels sometimes. You know, people make it look cute on Instagram. But we're here to give you the, the raw, the real, the messy, the dirty. And today, this week, we're talking about working with kids. I feel like it's one of the hardest things. Let, let me let me just specify working with kids. No, yeah, not is like a, is child very actors. different from No, 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 <laughs> not even child actors. Like, you know, uh somebody who works at a daycare oh, works no, no, with no. kids. We're talking about being a working parent. Being a working parent. Cuz yesterday we just announced it's very exciting our date night cookbook. We have been working on it basically nonstop for the entire last year. Mm -hmm. uh, and it would not have been possible without our amazing nanny. Mm -hmm. like, and our parents. Uh, and just just the village, that, the village that works around us and allows us to to like get our work done. Uh, I'm looking at you, Rachel. I'm looking at you, Miles. I yep. mean, it this is it it so it very much is uh a group effort. So we'll tell you a little bit about the process of how we wrote the cookbook uh, later. Um, but first, we kind of wanted to get into w what are the struggles of, um, I almost said working with kids again, being a working parent, because yeah. I don't think we talk about it that much. You know, it's like we have this podcast. We want to kind of present ourselves in this void of uh, hilariousness where you're not really thinking about like hey they aren't with their kid right now how are they making this podcast because yeah. you know it's it's tough to balance and going going back to work I mean Ariel did you ever consider being a stay-at-home mom oh that's a really good question I I I, I think I did I think mm -hmm. I did consider being a stay-at-home mom I considered you know what that would mean for my kids and what that would mean for me uh, but I quickly realized that I am just not that good with kids. <laughs> I am just, I, some people are naturals with kids and that is not me. You know, I, I get so much joy out of being with my kids. Um, but I, the, sometimes I, if, if I am like. The joy starts to decline when it's it, it all day. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like. Every day. I. I need some time, like some space away from them in order to appreciate the time that I do have with them. Um, and I know, I mean, that's absolutely a privileged thing to say because you know, there are people who, who don't get time with their kids or who don't have the, the opportunity to like be away from their kids. Um, but that is kind of the, the happy medium that we've found. Um, you know, I, and, and I, I, would like to be with my kids all the time, uh, but I think that it's better for me as a parent also to uh, to just have a little bit of space to, um, you know, yeah, to, I, to to be myself too. I feel that I I have had I have some friends uh, that were stay at home dads for like multiple years right. with a partner that worked a lot a lot, uh, and I I heard from them it can be a really 
isolating and lonely experience and and if you are there are moments of beauty and then just moments where it's kind of like you you feel very imbalanced yeah uh i i i started a company around the same time that we had our first child oh I am aware. Yeah, yeah. I am very much aware. You you said that to me as if it was some sort of a secret. No, no, no. <laughs> it was to the audience. But, but it was really ne- not something I considered because it's almost like I had birthed two babies at the same time. Absolutely. And it was I was fortunate to be able to take a full uh, six-week full-time uh, paternity leave and mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. have that bonding time. Uh, but then I had to get back and kind of start the the business of growing our new Trigos company. Yeah, I remember. And, you know, it was really tough to leave. And it was, I I felt like I was missing out on moments. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, it was like, I felt like walking out the door going my first day at the office it was both, oh my gosh, my baby's at home. But now it's like, oh wow, I can, I could walk wherever I want. I can, well, I can. <laughs> you know, you sit at your desk and you're like, you're saying that I can do whatever I want right now. I mean, I have to do my work, of course, but I could choose those tasks in any order <laughs> and I could take a break. And I could whenever eat. I want and eat a snack whenever I want. And I can poop whenever I want. <laughs> and look at my phone. Yeah. And... Look at my phone while I'm making a poo-poo. <laughs> a toilet poo-poo. <laughs> oh, very. Yeah, I think it's, it's important at this point to specify where you are right. making your Right. I know you, it's confusing. We told a story about Wes going outside. I don't do that except when I'm camping or been drinking too much oh my god <laughs> so when you went back to work mm-hmm. uh we still hadn't figured out childcare. right we had your parents my parents mm-hmm. kind of alternating we had parental help for a while yeah maybe your parents were still there but at some point your parents leave and then you are still there just by yourself and th- with our first with with west with our first kid i mean th- okay i've been seeing all of these tiktok uh it, like memes do you still call them memes if they're on tiktok what do you yeah, call yeah sure you i've can. seen all these tiktoks of like parents taking kids home from the um from the hospital like their newborns and they're like you know don't lift anything over eight pounds but here's your eight pound baby and 10 pound car seat that you have to take to three doctor's appointments huh. within the next week blah 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 blah, blah, blah. and you oh, know true. and it's it's just like for first time parents you don't know what you're doing. I actually, okay, so um, uh, our our friend who is, I won't say who they are, but we have a very good friend who is overdue right now and is about to have a child. And her husband has a haircut appointment about five days after she's due to be induced. Oh boy. And she was telling me about this yesterday. And she was like, I I told him to keep it. Like, I don't know. I, 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 and I was like, I will come over and watch that baby sleep with you. Like, <laughs> I know, I know the feeling that you are freaking out right now about being alone with another like tiny human being. And I will just come over and provide like, just, just like mental support yeah. for you and, and, and watch you watch your baby sleep. <laughs> the, that guy was saying to me like, oh, well, yeah, after the baby comes, like, I'll still be able to have like 
my weekly kickboxing lesson, right? I was like, no. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> like maybe, but like, consider a world where not. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be disappointed like, if that doesn't happen. Like, it's a little tricky, <laughs> and then it's important to make time for yourself or whatever. But like, the first couple of weeks are pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> You may not want to be kickboxing. <laughs> I know very distinctly the feeling that you are going to have five mm-hmm. days after you bring a five newborn days is home a lot from the too. hospital. I mean, that's that's not very much at all. Um, yeah, it's. I think we. I feel like we. It took us a while to get comfortable leaving the other person solo. Oh yeah. You know, like it was one thing. Once we had a childcare situation figured out, but even still on the weekends, like, you know, leaving to do, like, say, go to lunch with a friend or something. Oh, yeah. Or go to a sports practice. I, I would get like a pit in my stomach it, even if if you were leaving or if I was leaving, mm-hmm. you know, if I because if I was leaving, I'd be like, oh, I'm leaving my baby like this feels so strange. And then if you were leaving, I'd be like, can I do this by myself? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, because I feel like just even the the act of having somebody else there to be like, does this look does this look like blood to you? Do, like, is this <laughs> <laughs> is this normal? <laughs> He's crying. Why is he crying? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and just sort of troubleshooting with you, I guess. And so, yeah, so you went back to work and right. I was home. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, if you asked me what that was like, I couldn't tell you. I have blocked it from my memory. Yeah, those first couple of months are, are kind of hazy. Yeah. You're not getting a lot of sleep. It all blurs together. Yeah. We watched Troy. Right. I do remember that. Yeah. Great show. Hot guys, hot girls having a good time. Awesome. City's burning. Yep. <laughs> um. <laughs> And then we eventually, you know, after a couple more in-law trips, which uh-huh. bless our parents, they're oh. so so giving, so helpful. We're yeah. so lucky. I know. So so grateful that they will want to up and you know they both live out of state, so they will come here and live with us for multiple weeks. Yeah, and in that in those first couple of months, we didn't even have a guest room for them. Because we were moving into our new house at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whole other story. Yeah. But let's talk about when we eventually kind of figured out a more sustainable system. At first, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was a nanny share. It was a nanny share, yeah. If you uh, don't know about that, it's a great system where you split the cost of a nanny with one or two or three other kids. Yeah. And um, it's a great way to save money and also give your, you know, give your little little one uh, a little playmate yeah little, totally. little boy or girl next door i mean perhaps. oh my goodness yeah <laughs> wes is still best friends with his uh his his nanny share uh kid uh, i don't know how do you describe that his 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 playmate. friend next door yeah, yeah. <laughs> um oh my goodness they it's basically like they grew up together but yeah that was that, that was great because it you know it's not as expensive as having a like a dedicated nanny um, and you're you are able to share the cost, but it's a little bit easier than you know toting a kid off to childcare every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were able to like I was able to be there because I was working from home at the time, and so I could kind of 
work and then also choose to sort of be there with our kid as well. What was it um, like going back to work for you? It was really hard. It was really hard. I uh, There's like the emotional aspects of going back to work um, were of course, you know, difficult because I, I, I work for myself. And so I got to choose how much work I was mm. doing. Um, and at the time I had kind of cut off all of my clients. And so I was having to like kind of slowly add them back on. And I was finding that I just wasn't having as good a time, uh, working as I was being with my kid, Mm. you know? And so it, it sort of led to like a, a change in the way that I worked. I started working with you more, Mm -hmm. um, I, it was a, that was a, a really big time in our life where we changed a lot of things. We did. We changed our house. We changed our careers. We changed our family. Uh, a lot happened around that time. A lot happened. Yeah. It, I, you know, I haven't thought of it like that before Yeah. where it's like you were in the midst of reinventing your kind of work life. Yeah, I was. While I was. all of this is happening at once. Yeah. And so and so you know, there were there were those psychological aspects of going back to work, but then there are also the physical parts of going mm-hmm. back to work where I was still breastfeeding. So mm-hmm. I was pumping and this is something that I'm doing now where like I will be driving to the new office to meet like this contractor or that contractor and I'll be pumping in the car. Wow. I have gotten really good at pumping in the car as <laughs> I am driving. The like the time that it takes to get from our house to the office is roughly 13 minutes and I, if like if I can pump for like 10 minutes then I'm golden. Wow, so you got to get it going quick. Oh yeah. Find yeah. that first stoplight. Usually I I set up before I leave. Okay. Then, yeah. <laughs> That's smart. Cuz yeah, yeah, I mean you can't drive and like set up the whole pumping <laughs> You're system. like you get pulled over. You're like uh <laughs> Officer. I'm so sorry, officer. Um, <laughs> I do feel a little weird if I'm like stuck in traffic next to a semi truck or something, mm. and the guy's like, "Sup?" <laughs> I'm like, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Give me a honk, 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 honk." honk. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awkward. Um, yeah, yeah. Pumping is a, it's a, it's a whole yeah. world in itself. I mean, that's like you are going back to work, and you're you're starting to do tasks but then you're also constantly kind of interrupted and reminded of of you that you're being a mom at the right. same time yeah hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
uh, you know, now that we're on baby number two and, you know, I, I, I am pretty set in my career. Um, I, I like those, um, like updates, oh, you know, wow. I feel like if I haven't heard from our nanny or if I don't know what my kids are doing, uh, or how they're doing, it feels weird. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, I, would you say that you are the same way or do you kind of like to, like when you go to work, you go to work? Well, the updates like our nanny will send cute photos of things that's happening throughout the day. They're bittersweet because I like seeing them, but it also makes me sad that I'm not there. I think mm -hmm. as the person that works more hours in our relationship, I feel more uh, like guilt and like negative feelings about work. Mm -hmm because of it leads to me feeling like am i there enough am i you know yeah. especially i mean I'm, we're coming off two days of me shooting the food network pilot and working you know 12 plus hour days mm -hmm. and you i get this you know it's like i didn't even hardly see finn for more than like half an hour yesterday he was asleep by the time i got home mm -hmm. like yeah i always try and come home to read wes a bedtime story and fortunately most of the the time I I can work only eight hours or even less that and be be have more kid time, but it's like I think I I I as the person that works more hours have a kind of a struggle with feeling like I'm I'm not there enough, and that was especially true two years ago. I went on a tour. Oh yeah, you remember the Try Guys Legends of the Internet tour, twenty seven cities worldwide. Uh, it was awesome, so fun, a dream come true for me. But I was literally on the road and living in a tour bus for weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was gonna miss pivotal moments. I thought I was gonna miss his first steps. And I remember you were so torn about yeah, that. It's you really were, hard. It, it was just ripping you apart because you, he was so close to walking. Mm -hmm. You come back and you feel like they've grown up because they're growing so fast where they're doing new things and you're like, whoa, when did you start doing that? I don't know. You just feel disconnected. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, you know, your, the original question was about wanting to, to focus versus not. And, and the answer is, yeah. Like when I'm at work, I want to be a hundred percent at work because I want to get home as soon as I can. Yeah. I don't like getting a, an update about, the kids in the middle of the day makes me feel like, I don't know, sometimes it's nice, but sometimes it's like, ah, yeah, dang, like, yeah, I don't know. I think we have figured out kind of a good structure for us because, yes, you do work more hours. And I think it's important for you to be very focused when you're at work, you know, especially when you're on camera, mm -hmm. because you're you know, you're on you're on for a lot right. of the day. Right. Um, and so I. You know, I have taken on most of the uh, like logistical childcare things. You know, working with our our nanny to like figure out what they're doing that day and make sure that everybody has food and everybody has you know like all mm -hmm. that sort of thing, um, so that you can kind of do your thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes we switch. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have days that are a little bit more intense. That's true. Yeah. Um, Shout out! You can sit with us. <laughs> uh, early morning podcast sometimes yeah yeah or uh, i mean like uh, deliveries at the office or right. you know other things like that uh, one funny thing about having a specific child care window uh -huh. which you know 
I guess some systems might be super flexible, like a your, your parents are there, but you know, our nanny works specific hours and daycares are open for specific hours. Uh-huh. Do you ever feel like this stress of having to fit all of the things that you want to accomplish and your work into the hours of say nine to five? <laughs> <laughs> Every day. Yeah. Every day. I am like, I I am pushing to get everything done at four. 50. Oh, yeah. And I I never want to be late. And so, I, you know, I'm always like, I, I finish at 445 and I kind of come in so that I can get the lowdown on the day and, you know, kind of reintegrate myself into being home. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting uh, dynamic that you fall into, you know, that nine to five where you're you're 100 percent with the kids. And then you're not. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and then you're doing something else and that is in some ways is nice because it makes that time when you're not there you're you're really focused on the kids mm-hmm. um oddly enough on days where i don't have as much to do say i only have like more five hours of work to do and mm-hmm. obviously this is different because we're both self-employed yeah. right if you work at a job you might have hours that you, you have to be there whether you have work to do or not uh <laughs> which is always strange but you know like with our uh with our nanny working set hours i kind of feel this pressure like i need to be productive or find something to do because like oh gosh we're like paying for someone to watch our kids at this time you know yeah, like absolutely. You, it's it's the idea of oh maybe i'll just take the day off early and go play with the kids or God forbid, do something like fun for, for yourself. It's like <laughs> you, you kind of feel like you can't do that because yeah. shoot, you're you're paying for childcare. You need to be like you know, like working it during has, this time. It, this like nine to five structure has made me so um, efficient. That's true. At working, like sometimes I will I, I'll be working with somebody else who doesn't have kids and and like you know they'll take breaks or uh you know just sort of take their time with things and this this happens to me especially when we're on set or something like that Mm -hmm. and and somebody is just taking too long to to like do something and i'm like let's get this show on the road Mm -hmm. i have 20 minutes and then i need to be you know like i need to be somewhere yeah because that time is that time goes away so quick that time is like precious yeah you have to be on top of it. <laughs> yeah, like every every moment is precious. Um, and you're literally paying for it. There's yeah. some there's kind of a fucked up system where like in order to pay for childcare you have to work, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody who is like trying to figure out childcare, it's it's not only a like a, a question of, you know, well I need to get back to my job. It's a question of like cost. You have to think about, okay, well is it worth it to pay for childcare for me to go to work? Right. You know, and and you have to think about that in terms of like what that's like for your mental well being, right. what that's like for your like work life and your your life goals. If and you're finding the cost, it kind of is getting up there. You're like, am I just working for fun? Right. Am I just working so that I could pay my paycheck to my nanny? Right. 
I yeah. could go be a stay-at-home mom or dad, and I'll pay myself. Right. Pay, consider that I'm paying myself for. My, it's like it's, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough to to think that way. Yeah. And you know, there's a a variety of solutions with different yeah. levels of cost, but it's like everything costs something. Yeah. And uh, and being a stay-at-home parent is work. Yeah. It is absolutely work that deserves to be paid. You know, like like ch- people who take care of children get paid. And it, being a stay-at-home mom or dad, being a stay-at-home parent, uh you know, it is it's absolutely work. You're not just, you know, playing with the kids all day. Yeah. And it was uh, that was especially uh, true when we were working on this book because, you know, we were working on this together mm-hmm. um, and it was something that we were doing during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so our kids were home. We were working at home. Oh, my gosh. I remember trying to get through like an editing pass of the book and like it, I, it was just impossible to focus on anything for more than 15 minutes mm-hmm. because Wes would come running in and he'd be like, get off of your computer. What are you doing? And yep. I'm just like, I I just need like a chunk of five hours to do this. And no work. Yeah, no, no work. work. No look at your phone. No look at your computer. I mean, it really, it kind of like, it breaks your heart. Like that you're, you, when you're, kids starts to realize when you are working like longer hours that means that they're not getting attention or or access to you and then they are maybe crying when you're leaving more it's it's devastating yeah um and at the same time impossible to uh try and write a cookbook from home (laughs) i mean let's walk let's walk people through the the full story yeah so i mean we have wanted to write a cookbook forever i we've always we both are collectors of cookbooks and collectors of recipes too Mm -hmm. we've been collecting recipes since we met anytime we come up with something or try something new we'll write it down in our little black notebook Uh, honestly our show date night on the Try Guys channel where we try and recreate recipes from restaurants at home just came, that idea came out of like a hobby that we have where right. if we go out to eat and eat something cool, we're like, hmm, could Maybe we try we and make this at home? Do like, this. Could we try it? Like yeah. Bestia with their uh, uh, short rib uh, <laughs> yeah. gnocchi. Like homemade pasta. Right, right. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe I'm not about to scoop like bone marrow out of a, right, a right. rib and put it in my gnocchi, but it's definitely inspired us to try making homemade pasta. Yeah. And to try, you know, to try doing different things and, and different combinations of things. Yeah. We had kind of dreamed about this for a while. And after I published The Hidden Power of Fucking Up and kind of had that book experience, it was a little easier to wrap our heads around like, okay, well, if we're going to do another book. Like, we're yeah. going to want to do a cookbook. Let's see yeah. how that process goes. But yeah. turns out it was totally different. Totally different. I remember chatting with our, our book agent, uh, Jessica, when she came to visit LA at one mm. point. And we were getting uh, breakfast at one of our like favorite bakeries. And she was like, you know, so what's next for you? What what do you want to do? And, and I sort of looked at her and I was like, I, I want to do a cookbook. Mm-hmm. I want to... I want to jump into that space and, and, you know, like we have so many stories that have to do with food Mm -hmm. 
that food is so important to us, uh, to our family, to you and me. I mean, I yeah. feel like every important moment in our lives, uh, or at least in our relationship, has to do with food in some way. Yeah. And that's sort of where the idea for this cookbook came from. I mean, I kind of feel like food is a love language for us. Mm, absolutely. You know? I mean, food to me is about sharing and connecting with people that you love. And it's mm -hmm. kind of that just all of my happiest memories are being around a dinner table with you, with family, with our, with our, our boys, yeah. or like preparing meals for a big group, like kind of those mm -hmm. Sunday afternoons where yeah, maybe our sisters come over and we start cooking up a storm and you start cooking at like 3 p.m. Yeah. Or those, even just a simple weeknight where uh, boys are playing and you and I are kind of Switching off, switching off, and... cooking in the kitchen, mm -hmm. and it kind of can be just that, just a, a really awesome way of connecting with each other. Mm -hmm. So, for all the listeners, this man every morning, uh, Ned usually wakes up with the kids because I'm up at night with Finn, and uh, um, he will bring me freshly ground, freshly made coffee uh, every morning. He's like, "Here's your coffee, hun," and oh my goodness, just like. I, I think I have talked about how important a hot cup of coffee is mm -hmm. to me right now. Uh, and this is, you know, this is a pretty recent thing in the last like six months. I've just needed that like hot, fresh coffee. Mm -hmm. And you're you just, you're killing it. Got to do it. Got to mm -hmm. do it correct. Got to do yeah. it right. I can, I can taste the coffee in my mouth right now. But that's just, that's just another like testament to how, how much food is a part of our lives, yeah. you know? <laughs> like it's 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 our love language. It really yeah, is. Yeah. Like here's your coffee. True. I mean, it's a meditative process. I got I got my little scale. Uh -huh. You know, I'm out here weighing the coffee grounds. Yep. Right now, I'm into the Chemex pour over mm -hmm. method. We got the 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 Barazza espresso grinder. Great uh -huh. value. Great value. Check uh, it out. The the cone Not grinder. A sponsor. What's the Conical burr grinder. Conical burr grinder, yeah. Do a nice 17 to 1 water to grounds ratio on my pour. <laughs> it's Anyways, delicious. I, it's great. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, I'm really not that uh, that big into coffee. I just like it hot and um, like. <laughs> yeah, Ariel will sometimes microwave day old coffee. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I we have talked about this before. We, we got all the I... coffee nerds up with us, and now just like let everyone down. So it's about Sorry the heat. Guys. It's about the heat. It's for about Ariel. the heat. It's about the process for me. Yeah, and it's it's I, it's a meditative process for Ned. It's about the first sip of hot coffee for me. Probably the act of service. If yeah. I brought you a steaming cup of microwave coffee, you'd still be like, "Man, my husband's awesome." I absolutely would. <laughs> I absolutely would. Yes, yes. I I will. I, yes. I would say that right That's now. True. If you microwaved a cup of, a cup of cold coffee for me and brought it to me, and you were like, "Here you go," I mm. would be like, "My husband's amazing." <laughs> <laughs> so, with the way that we got to start thinking about this book was, we had the idea to organize the chapters by stages of your relationship mm -hmm. rather than appetizers, mains, desserts, that sort of thing. Right. And so we kind of organized it by the types of meals you make when you're single or you're dating single looking to mingle yeah you know trying to 
maybe impress a date then but also like the just the idea that when you're younger and you are like still dating yeah. that the things that you make are a little bit more um or at least for us they're a little bit more simple right you know we, they're they're you a don't little, have as many kitchen gadgets yeah from you've your maybe wedding got a registry. smaller kitchen and you know uh, unless you used to work at a coffee shop you might not care what a conical burr grinder is <laughs> Okay, so the first meal that Ned made me that is actually the first um, uh, recipe in our cookbook was yeah. this Which, kind of a it's kind of a joke recipe because the the meal is not good. It was uh, it was. <laughs> I mean, it's good, but it's not very elegant. funny. Okay, so we were in Ned was living in a uh, a garden apartment in Chicago, and it was. Uh, like ice cold in there because I think you guys were trying to save money and so you didn't turn on the heat yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. um, uh, and, and you know it's basically a cement box and rent was nine seventy five a month split by two people oh damn that's really Pretty good. good that's really Pretty good, good. Um, and so we were sitting in his tiny kitchen in our uh, in our puffy jackets and um, Ned was making he wanted to make like a chicken dish and so he put chopped chicken into a saucepan mm -hmm. and uh and then poured salsa and canned corn in it and stirred that up no spices or anything mm -hmm. and then uh put cold tortillas on plates mm -hmm. uh mismatched plates i'm sure mm -hmm. and then poured the <laughs> The, the chicken and salsa and corn mixture over it and we ate that <laughs> um, and it was like a college student's meal it really was we it really was 22. although i was i was impressed that you like cooked chicken because oh, yeah. at the time i i like i haven't eaten uh red meat since i was like 17 years old and mm -hmm. so i don't i didn't cook meat that much um, I, because I didn't like to touch it. And so the fact that you had like cooked chicken was a big deal to me. I was like, oh, wow, this is like, he's he really, knows how to cook. he's really going well, the extra like mile here. Handling raw chicken. <laughs> My gosh. Oh, it was so funny. That's fun. And you know, it tasted fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it mostly tastes like salsa and corn. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the chicken was cooked through, which was impressive. <laughs> at <Yeah>. the time <laughs> <laughs> at least i think it was cooked through i i didn't think to check probably is it's, you know no, it's cut pretty fine yeah it was as cut i remember fine. so um, we, we made like a joke of that in the book and like have a three ingredient recipe that's very simple and then do like a you know a bit more involved uh version and then our final recipe is a creamy poblamo uh chicken spaghetti yeah which is something that we've started making yeah that's kind of like a similar you know a similar sort of dish yeah it has it, it has a lot of the same um like taste uh yeah. flavors now, and things more complex yeah and woven throughout our these you know stories from our relationship over over 10 years mm -hmm. we've been together and things that like maybe we don't always get to share on camera yeah things that people haven't been able to hear and lots of old photos from us as <laughs> <laughs> little goobers like when we were traveling in south africa so mm -hmm. uh many I, i'm sure that people don't really realize that ned is a, a garbage disposal when it comes to food mm, it's true. uh he will eat anything yeah i mean you see these spice challenges that we do on try guys and like uh, it's like i don't even care i don't even care like they're like whoa don't eat that it's so spicy and i'm like okay i won't eat it i'm like, ow 
Well, <laughs> but I, I mean, Ned has been like that since we met. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have this running joke where every time we travel, uh, Ned e- eats everything. I he, want to eat the local specialty. He wants to eat the local cuisine. Whatever it is. And so like... There was one time that Ned was in Argentina yeah. and you had the blood sausage yeah. and it made you sick for days. Yeah, I have a have had a history of going foreign countries eating something uh, you know that I'm not used to and then and then immediately getting food poisoning. Yes. We took a trip to South Africa, rented a car, circumnavigated the entire country. Uh, this mm-hmm. was we had been dating for like five months. Yeah, and we stayed yeah. there for three weeks. It was it a was big trip. Intense, it was a big trip. But I, I kind of knew that Ariel was the one when I was like, so I was thinking about going to South Africa for the World Cup. I have a buddy there. We could stay with him, crash on his couch for a little while, yeah. make a whole trip of it. Like, you interested? And Ariel's like, um, yeah, why don't we <laughs> stop in France on the way there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we... And we were trying to get the whole trip. Uh, we had like a budget of of very little, a, v- mm. a very small budget. Mm-hmm. And so we were getting the cheapest the, flights we could get. Yeah. And they stopped in, in Paris for 20 hours. Um, and I was like, well, why don't we just stop for yeah, it turns out like it was, 72 hours? It was the same price. Yeah, like obviously direct flights were out of our price range. But Absolutely. to stop in Paris, it was the same price to stop for, you know, 12 hours versus 20 hours versus 36 hours. Like there was like a kind of a window where we just spent two nights in Paris. Very romantic. Yeah, except, I mean, we were also staying in the cheapest places. So it wasn't as romantic as it could have been. But it was for us because we were in Paris together. That's right. So we were in South Africa and we were staying with a buddy of Ned's and uh, like a friend of a friend. I think we were both sleeping on it twin bed together. we were sleeping on a twin bed together in the same room as your friend mm-hmm. <laughs> um <Hot. laughs> yeah oh yeah it was great it was great and um uh like a friend of a friend made a lamb curry and we so we went over to that friend's house to watch the game on their television mm-hmm. and uh because like the place that your buddy was staying didn't have a tv or something like that mm-hmm. and um and so you were eating the lamb curry. You were way into it. Yeah. And then that night, All Ned the, like, is getting meat this, sweats you know, on this twin bed <laughs> that we are sharing. And I'm like, are you okay? And yep. he was like, no, <laughs> I am not okay. I'm like getting the, the weird pieces of lamb, the ones that are just like, just hacked up with little bones. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, a lot of the other people that ate the curry, they were just fine, but- I mean, I think my stomach uh, was not used to it or what's, I don't know. Maybe I caught a bad piece or something or anyways, got food poisoning. But we had a 12 hour drive that day Mm -hmm. from. uh, We were following the game. Yeah, we were following the game. We're like, we got to get to Durban by sundown. Yeah. Because there's a. (laughs) I think we were actually driving to Cape Town. That's right. We were driving to Cape Town from Durban. Yeah. Yeah. And. From mm, Tubatuba. Tuba Tuba. Because mm-hmm. that's where, that's Chris where was. Chris was, yeah, uh, and yeah, well, there was a soccer game we were trying to get to the next day, but I was vomiting every hour on the hour. Ariel was driving. I had to pull over by herself like a hero. <laughs> uh, tensions got a little frayed 
after that? There was there were definitely we, moments where I was like, I don't want to be here we right kind now. I started wanting to go home in Cape Town, which is sad because Cape Town's a beautiful I also beautiful got place. into like a fender bender. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was rough. It was a rough time. Mandatory collision insurance. And I don't it know if all you know. had to do with food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, I mean we have we have some some recipes from from travels. Mm-hmm. Don't think we have a lamb curry in there, but we can tell the story. We have some, a lot of crab recipes from all of uh, traveling to the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. and shucking fresh crab, picking fresh blackberries. Yeah, that's where our family's from. Family lives. Yeah, a lot of different stuff. Also like little relationship tips. Yeah. How to fight fair, how to, uh, ideas for first dates and conversation starters, that sort of thing. Yeah. But I mean, the process of the book was yeah, something that we had never working parents. Right. I mean, how the heck do you write a cookbook in a pandemic with two children? And you have to switch off, and mm-hmm. that's absolutely what we did. We, I mean, Ned and I, we work together a lot, um, and that makes for a very interesting work dynamic mm-hmm. um, because we we like each other, but sometimes we have to not be. A couple. Yeah. You have to have a, a work relationship. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes when we work together, it's very flirty, very fun. Yeah. Lots of smooches. Other times, Ned is just like, do what I say. I am producing this shoot. And if you were literally not my wife, you'd be being the biggest diva <laughs> uh, right now. I'm sorry that you're not feeling good about something. <laughs> yourself or what like <laughs> i'm sorry I'm like, that you I'm don't dealing... like the ch- the clothes that you chose to wear this morning but we are you know we are running two hours I'm managing behind a dozen and... other people and that's not my job as a producer to manage your emotions it turns out it is both your job as a producer and a husband to yes. manage talents emotions yep. but in that moment ariel was talent and not my wife, and I had to go into like that's very much uh, what it has to be danger, mit- like damage mitigation mode. Yeah, and <laughs> so in the weird. same way, in the same way that like <laughs> right now, I I am like I am working you know ten twelve hour days on the office project, mm-hmm. and I would I can I can very as an truly say designer. yes as an interior designer. Yeah. Um, and I can very truly say that Ned has been one of my most difficult clients. <laughs> uh, was that? Now? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You are absolutely one of my most difficult like clients. Like in what way? Like difficult as in like I have amazing taste and vision and like kind of like change all of your ideas in a cool way. Uh, yeah. 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 Because yeah. <laughs> everybody loves it when you change their ideas. Um, no, th- it's it's the sort of thing where like you 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 ask things of me that are not possible mm. and and like because you know me and and you know that they are not possible you think that it's okay you know like if something is ordered and is not returnable and you're like yeah i actually i don't think that's going to work and i'm like <laughs> yeah sorry no <laughs> it, you can't change it now there's mm. no changing it mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. not <laughs> You gotta admit, though, changing the color of the kitchen cabinets was w- worked out pretty well. Uh, that yes, that did. Work I know out it very was frustrating well. for everyone. It's okay. It's all right. We figured it out. <laughs> we figured it out. You know, but but absolutely, like you know, there are just there are some things that happen in a professional relationship, and there are some mm-hmm. things that happen in a personal relationship, and yeah. and you and I, 
we go back and forth. And so writing the cookbook, well, that's what we had to do. We had to like, we had to, 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 um, delegate. Right. Cause you know, we're sort of, we're like writing partners at that yeah. point. Yeah. And yes, we could write it all together and always be having a fun brainstorming session, but mm -hmm. that's not super possible. Also, we didn't have time. <laughs> right. Right. So we had to kind of uh, have, you know, Ariel ended up focusing more on the recipe development and I focused more on the, the stories mm -hmm. and kind of the. And then when it came to the photo shoot, mm -hmm. um, like you were talent. Yeah, then it was the roles were switched. You were the executive producer, uh -huh. and I was the vanity executive producer. Yeah, you know how sometimes celebrities they're like, "Oh wow, they're an executive producer," but like they're not actually uh -huh. doing much. That was me. My main job was to eat the food, be a hand model, and take out the trash. That's right. Because I didn't, <laughs> very important jobs. Didn't know what the schedule was. I <laughs> didn't know what shoot was next. Photo shoots. Let's. I mean, that's a very cool thing where. Yeah. A cookbook photo shoot. It's it's. I thought it was just snapping photos of our food. I was like, yeah, I'll get a nicer camera and then like I don't know, kind of be over top of it. I mean, no, it's a whole thing. It it takes it takes a, a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. A food photographer. You know, mm -hmm. they bring in like special lights and they have a, a kind of a pole that the camera sits like perfectly top down. There's a prop stylist that was filled by. Ariel in this job where they're kind of swapping out different plates, different napkins, different Colors forks, and playing with color, composition, surfaces. There's yeah. a food stylist. This is a very cool job. I mean, uh -huh. this is sort of like the thing where, you know, you hear about in the McDonald's commercial where they squeeze like ketchup that has like plastic in it or something where it's like just so that it, 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 it like it, stays and looks luscious and it like drips just perfectly. And they, you know, they they spritz things with yeah. with oils so that it, it looks like it was fresh off the grill. And I'm like, surely that's not going to happen in our photo shoot. But no, there was like some things that she did that were really interesting where placing I'm, herbs with a tweezer right she had tweezers she would uh like place individual strands of spaghetti around the fork to make it like curve in the perfect way there was one uh like for the blackberry cobbler the dish that we wanted to use was a little bit too big for mm -hmm. the recipe that mm -hmm. we had and so she had to fill the uh, like in order to make the dish look like it was like full and i think we were running out of blackberries or something yeah. so she used some blackberries that were rotten and put those on the inside and then she made like a layer of mashed potatoes in kind of a mound yeah that gave gave the appearance of like lift of the whole thing and basically made this you know the beautiful cobbler dish like the physical dish that we wanted to use made it with like half the amount of blackberries, uh -huh. but made it look like overflowing and beautiful, sort of like lifted and like plump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, what we're saying is when you cook out of your favorite cookbook, which I mean, Could be once you get the date night cookbook, <laughs> it'll soon become your favorite. Uh, yeah, if it doesn't look the same, it's not your fault. It's I mean, totally it's, not your fault. There's, there's a whole team of people making that food look the best it can. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, when we cook it just by ourselves, we make it come close. But, you know, cobblers often are a little flat or like concave even, right? It's I mean, like, it comes out of the oven, it looks great. And then it sits there for 20 minutes and then it sort of like settles a little bit. And the one in the cookbook, it looks like an overflowing bounty of like 
juicy plumpness yeah. and it turns there out were, there's mashed potatoes underneath. And there were some things where she decided not to like cook the meat and instead mm. just take a blowtorch and like sear it on the outside just yeah. for the color. So weird, right? So interesting. It's like some things look really good on camera and some things don't. Mm-hmm. You know, or like, the ice cubes because you're there shooting. You mm-hmm. you could be shooting the food for like 45 minutes and it's going to start to melt. Wilt is going to start to get nasty. Uh, like ice cubes melt. So she would use these like silicone ice cubes that look like ice cubes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was like, no, you can't drink that drink because it has There's silicone, silicone in, in it. it. <laughs> really, really interesting. And those were fun. Uh, and of course, uh, we did the photo shoot in the middle of the pandemic and I was eight months pregnant. Yes, that was great. <laughs> we're just stressed out. The baby's going to come any minute. Yeah. And I mean, so the cookbook has 80 recipes. Uh, we did five days of photography shooting about t- eight to 10 recipes a day because, you know, they each take about an hour to make and then photograph. But we also, you know, we we kind of and and we also did it with like a smaller crew mm-hmm. because of like. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, we just told a, a couple of people that we hired other cookbooks. They might hire like. You know, you might have eight people on set mm-hmm. all making it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we were shooting in our house. And and so we kind of needed Wes out of the house for most of the time. Um, and so, again, with our amazing nanny, she would kind of like take him to friends' houses or uh, uh, take him to the park or something like that. But there was one dish where Wes comes home and it was a noodle dish that he had had before and he comes in while they're taking a photograph of it and he's just got his little toddler hands <laughs> in the spaghetti and it is the cutest thing in the entire world uh, I don't know if that actually made it in, into the cookbook but it was so funny and he had it all over his face and oh, it, it was are fun. It is fun yeah and then kind of at the end of the cookbook we start doing some of our, our family meals and mm-hmm. our our timeless recipes that can feed the whole family we love spaghetti and meatballs and we do our meatballs we do all different sorts of meatballs we do beef meatballs uh for the boys as in ned and wes (laughs) (laughs) um and we also do turkey meatballs sometimes and sometimes we do mushroom meatballs yeah we've tried mushroom meatballs they're pretty good a little bit of oat Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. it's good stuff tell a story about early on dating like probably like our fifth date we went to an Italian place that served a one pound meatball oh, yeah. and I got it thinking we were going to split it. And then I found out that evening that Ariel doesn't eat red meat. And then I'm ending up eating this entire meatball by myself, trying to like prove, prove how much of a man I am by eating beef. And it was, <laughs> Oh my God, I had such a stomach ache and still had to take home half the meatball. <laughs> <laughs> It's this like giant, it's like a bowling ball size. Yeah, it was a bowling ball meatball. So we have a way for you to make a one pound meatball at home if you would like. (laughs) After, After the writing and the testing and the photo shoot, we finally put it all together. And when we saw the first draft of it, it was so cool because it was a thing. It was like... It here was it felt like it was our like relationship on a plate. It was it yeah. was so awesome and the photos look beautiful and there's a bunch of lifestyle photos of us being cute and doing stuff and all these photos from like 10 years ago that are interesting. Yeah. Making it very much felt like a 
like an effort that was a group effort. Yeah, a labor you know? labor of love. It was a labor of love. You know, you your bulletin board was just full of all of the 80 little note cards because, you know, we're trying to map out each chapter to have like a good balance of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, out of the 80 recipes, we probably had 120 ideas and had to cut a bunch that didn't really fit for whatever reason. And we were, you know, we were testing recipes and Wes is helping us make the recipes. And yeah. We're all cooking together. And it was just, it was a fun, fun process. And we're really proud of it. And I now get to have it like in our kitchen yeah. on our shelf. And you know, we hope that you have it in your kitchen on your shelf too. If you want to learn more about it, you can pre-order it actually. Um, it's live right now at datenightcookbook.com. That gives you bunch of different links so you can order it from your favorite book retailer and it'll be in actual stores in september (laughs) september 28th uh so it'll come arrive on your doorstep then in time for the holidays and uh, we'll be doing some book signings in the fall as well yeah um wow that'll be nuts doing some giveaways uh like in person yeah what and yes you can Enter for a chance to win a free signed book if you use the hashtag date night cookbook and post a photo of on our YouTube video yesterday. Uh, we tried making a peach galette and it kind of showed that recipe testing process. That's actually a very cool video because it shows footage from like the whole year mm-hmm. of us making it. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of recording throughout. Um, but yeah, post your photo and we'll pick one, send you a free cookbook. Um, but yeah, check it out, datenetcookbook.com. We are so proud of it, and we hope you pre-order it and have it in your kitchen. You know, take a little, take a little piece of, uh, take a little piece of us in your home. <laughs> <laughs> and for all those working parents out there, you know, keep, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, it's possible. It's <laughs> it's tough, but it's it's a balance, and you you figure out what works for you. Make, make sacrifices along the way but yeah, it all comes from a good place <laughs> and until next time life's a journey take baby steps <laughs> <laughs>